All right, season two, episode 19, Pete's podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52. 18 more years in Nazareth. So, chapter or uh, episode 18 was uh, when Jesus was 12, and uh, this is the next two verses here in Luke chapter 2, 51 and 52, cover the next 18 years. And they're pretty quiet. It just pretty much says he grew in stature with men and God, which is a good way to grow. But uh, it's the way Samuel grew. But we're going to uh, go back and review episode 18 in the life of Christ. And then we're going to tackle episode 19, today's episode, um, in the life of Christ. So let me uh, hit this button. All right, so uh, we're going to take a look at Season 2, Episode 18, in the Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, and I'll more fully introduce my bibliography here uh, when I get to Chapter 19, but we're just reviewing Chapter 18. The visit of the boy Jesus to Jerusalem when 12 years old. Probably A.D. 7 or 8, and again, I'm using uh, uh, A.T. Robertson's uh, dates, so I'll, I'll use whichever one makes the most sense to me, either Schofield's Usher dating system, which is a, a guess on anybody's part, and, uh, and A.T. Robertson's, and I like the way he always says probably. Uh, he's not dogmatic about the time. So what we're going to take a look here is Luke chapter 2 verses 41 to 50. So if you want to follow along in your Bible, open it to Luke chapter 2 verse 41 to 50. Uh, now the now Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. I don't know, a question I have and I guess we'll learn it as we study the life of Christ in, in the harmony of the Gospels here all dovetailed together. Um, we will see what uh, if Jesus, uh, I'm sure he made all the uh, Passover, but did he make um, Pentecost, which would be 50 days later, uh, but it was a different season. Uh, they say that the, the uh, Passover was in the spring, uh, the, uh, the, oh, oh my gosh. Um, the Pentecost was uh, in the summer, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, also uh, at the just five days after the Day of Atonement. So I'm sure they were all pushed together. They, when they they had a feast, they didn't just come for a couple hours. They stayed for weeks. All right. So um, so. Verse 41 again, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And again, they're going up a pretty much a, a ridge, a mountain ridge, as I picture it. Um, and uh, Mediterranean, as they're going up, would be on the right side, always to the, to the west and uh, the Jordan River Valley down to the right, which was below sea level as it emptied into the Dead Sea, which was the lowest spot on the planet. 
And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Okay, I, I kind of studied a little bit about the three pilgrimage feasts, the Passover, commemorating the Hebrew liberation from slavery in Egypt, and the Passover of the death angel, uh, sparing the firstborn of Israelites and anyone else who put blood over their doorposts on the eve of the Exodus. This was the tenth plague, and after this, uh, Pharaoh let uh, Moses' people go. Um, Jesus is the Passover lamb. Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's what the Passover was pointing to. That's what all ten plagues were pointing to. I think that's why God hardened Pharaoh's heart so he could get to the tenth plague to point to Jesus Christ. Uh, then 50 days after, as I understand it, 50 days after the Passover, you have the, the Pentecost, which was initially a thanksgiving for the first fruits of the wheat harvest. They talk about winter wheat. I don't know if that would be in the fall, I mean in the springtime, but, uh, or in early summer, uh, which is the Pentecost feast, but it was later associated with remembrance of the law given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai, and that, that transition from thanksgiving for the first fruits of wheat harvest to remembering the Pentateuch, which sounds pretty number five-ish, but um, was uh, 86th century, so the 500s. Okay, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, Sukkot, uh, also called the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, Jewish Autumn Festival, Double Thanksgiving that began in September or October, five days after Yom Kippur, the most holy day on the Jewish calendar. I'm sure they all came for Yom Kippur at the, at the Tabernacle and the Day of Atonement, which is Yom Kippur. Um, I was always, you know, when, when I was a kid and didn't like going to church until I trusted Christ as my Savior at the age of 18, and then I, I went to my parents' church, and then I went to my church after that, and then I went to a Bible study Sunday afternoon. I couldn't believe how much Bible I was getting, but I needed it because it was the only Bible I got after I left the Army, after I went into the Army in, in about, I don't know, eight months after I came to Christ. This youth group really got me pretty knowledgeable and I started teaching Sunday school to second graders and I could keep up with them and uh, started a Bible study at West Point while I was there in my junior year and uh, things like that. Um, but uh, when I was a kid, you know, and I had to go to church because everybody went to church and, uh, you know, we compared notes, you know, who got out quicker. And I noticed the Episcopalians seemed to always lose that one. The, the other religions seemed to get out quicker than we did. But anyway, um, but I heard something not too long ago that really made me think that it was pretty cool. And, and the Jewish people, even in the synagogues of today, uh, only have to really mandatory attend uh, three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, and Yom Kippur, and the accompanying Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Booze. I don't know if they camp out during that time, but anyway, um, but uh, studying Yom Kippur, the most holy day of 
Uh, it's in Leviticus chapter 16. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by the statute forever. Um, so in Exodus 35, Moses, uh, verses 1 through 3, Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words of the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. Six days shall you work, shall your work be done, but on the seventh day there shall no work, there shall be to you a holy day. But on the seventh day, let me try that again, verse 2. And six days shall you work, shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord, whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Moses gathered, let's read that verse 1 again. Moses gathered all the, the congregation of the children of Israel. This is in, during the Exodus. It's in Exodus 35. Now, I don't, he didn't, this, he got everybody together. And if they couldn't, there were like three million, so if they couldn't hear him, they would send the word down by tens, hundreds, thousands. Moses is at the leading edge of uh, management in the way he divided the house, the, the children of Israel up into smaller groups. The army does it to this day. Uh, they study it in management to this day. Uh, anyway, but the word got out that the Sabbath was a day of rest. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. Now, I came up with this because I told you on the last episode, uh, yesterday, 18, I'm reviewing it, that you know I had all these things you couldn't do, and there's like 39 of them. And I, but I, I was looking for verses on these. These aren't; these are more tradition than they are in the book of the any book of the Bible. So I decided it would be fun to 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 talk about those things. But those are the man-made uh, things. But the Sabbath day is not a man-made thing. And in num- Numbers, you find out how serious God was and how serious Moses was when he called the children of Israel, the congregation together in the wilderness and told them this commandment is serious business, the fourth commandment. And in Numbers chapter 15 verses 32 to 36, uh, there's a comedian that makes fun of Christianity because of, uh, and the Bible, because of these verses. But I, I don't think they are to be made fun of. But anyway, I'm going to read them to you. Numbers 15, 32. It's about a Sabbath day. And, and uh, there are, every Saturday was a Sabbath day. And there were other Sabbath, Sabbath days like Yom Kippur. Whatever day that fell on was a Sabbath day. A day of Sabbath. A day of rest. And there were certain rules. And one of them was you didn't do any work. And define it. I, you know, they came up with 39 different things you could, could do. And it just was, it was just... I couldn't find any verses for them, so I said that's tradition. In my mind, I said that, and um, so let's just take a look at what the Bible says. Um, anyway, here it says in Numbers chapter 15, verse 32 to 36, and while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Now, obviously, the Ten Commandments have already come down. 
they've been distributed to everybody. They know that the fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath. And uh, Moses had, had gathered the congregation together of Israel and said unto them, These are the words the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. Exodus 35, verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Six days shall thou do work, but on the seventh day shall shall be a holy day, a day of rest, so doeth work, therein he shall be put to death. And he shall kindle no fire throughout the habitation upon the Sabbath day. Okay, so here's a guy that's been told personally by Moses what the deal is and what the punishment is. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. The children of Israel did. And as any group, there's some believers and there's some not believers. But anyway, they knew the rules. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses. I don't know if they were testing the waters. I don't know if... And Aaron. And unto all the congregation. So everybody knew that Moses had to make a tough call. This guy had put him in a really bad position by working on the Sabbath. Define work. I know it when I see it. They asked the Supreme Court to define pornography back in the late 60s, early 70s. And Supreme Court Justice Black said, uh, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And so I don't think the Bible defines work, but I know it when I see it. And this was definitely a, a moratorium on this work. And you're living out, you're camping out in the woods, gathering wood is part of your daily ritual. If you want to stay warm and you want to cook your food. Anyway, but they put him in ward, which is kind of another word for jail, under guard, I guess, because it was not declared what should be done to him, although it had been declared what should be done to him. But the Lord said to Moses, they brought him, verse 33, they brought him to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. They put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. So Moses, I would assume, went to the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. Now, if you think God took pleasure in that, I don't think he did. I Personally, I think this guy was part of the church in the wilderness. He was just uh, being a dummy. Uh, I think he was a believer. And like Ananias and Sapphira, who sold land and gave back part of the land, it's exactly the same thing. God was starting a new covenant, and and he didn't tolerate uh, people lying about how much they'd given to the church. Or they didn't have to give any of it. We talked about it when we when we looked at the Book of Acts. But um, anyway, uh, but this would be similar to that. And Ananias and Sapphira are in heaven, and I would fully expect to find this guy in heaven. He understand what the sacrifices were for. He understood, you know, he'd seen the ten plagues. He, I think he was a believer in the God of the Hebrews. I could be wrong. I mean, Judas was never a believer. Some of you will probably never be believers. But 
I don't understand why people don't trust in, a, in a, the God that so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. But if you're going to disobey God, well, regardless of whether you obey him or disobey him, make sure you're in the family by faith in Jesus Christ. Or as Jesus said in John 5.24, He that heareth my word, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him, that sent me hath everlasting life. That would be God. I believe in the God of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. I hope this guy did too. I would assume that he did. I, I expect to find him in heaven. I expect to find Ananias and Sapphira. But this guy, they're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. They're just starting. And they're going to need some discipline to pull this off which they don't have when they rebel and then they, they stay there for 40 years. They, at this point, I'm not sure if they had really even... Uh, they just got the Ten Commandments, I think, and they did that early in that first year. And then they marched up with the tabernacle and all of that to the Promised Land and got scared with the 12 spies and turned around and came back. And then they got punished by 40 years. So what did this guy miss, 40 years in the wilderness? What did he get? He was in paradise? I mean, that's what I'm suggesting. He's not in hell because he disobeyed God on the Sabbath. Ananias and Sapphira are not in hell because they gave back, they gave most of the money they sold their house for and kept back part of it when nobody got to keep a house after AD 70 anyway. So it wasn't, you know, a big deal to sell your house back then and give the money to Christians that needed help. In Jerusalem, as they were being persecuted by Nero, people like that. Anyway, um, in verse 36, And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. So, again, we're talking a day of uh, a Sabbath day of rest. We're talking about Yom Kippur, which was established as a feast day in Leviticus, by Moses, by God. Anyway, uh, verse uh, 43, And when they had, we're back to this, the visit of, of I, I really digressed here. I took this opportunity to, to teach about the, 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 the feast days, the pilgrimage feast days, because I wanted to. Now we're back to the story of the episode of Life of Christ when he was 12 years old. And when they had fulfilled the days, that would be Moses, I mean, uh, Mary and Jesus. I won't go forward, but I will go back uh, in the life of Christ. Uh, and when they had fulfilled the days, they returned uh, to, to Nazareth. The ch child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. Well, they were on their way back. Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So Jesus was always dependable. He's always where he was supposed to be. And this time he wasn't. But I would argue he was where he was supposed to be. Verse 44. And they, supposing him to have been in the company a day's journey from Jerusalem, on their way back to Nazareth, downhill, by the way, went a day's journey, and they sought him among the kinfolk and acquaintance. Now, they've walked all day. Now, did they walk all night back? I think they searched all night. That's my a guess. I, I'm not I'm just guessing here. I said it could be five days, and I'm going to account for those five days. Possibly five days they looked for him. One day they didn't look for him. They just... Thought he was there. The next day, or the next half of that day, whatever. The next day they looked for him. Uh, 
couldn't find him with the, the kinfolks and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. So I don't know if they searched all night or not, but if they did, then day two they were walking back to Jerusalem. They did a day's journey away. Now they got to do a day's journey back. And it came to pass that after three days they found him not. There's five days. So a day out, a day back, and after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him, verse 47, did I tell you where this is, what chapter this is? I didn't, did I? This is Acts chapter, what is it? Oh my gosh. Oh, no, this is Luke, I'm sorry, this is Luke chapter 2. This is Luke chapter 2, my bad. Luke cha- Some of you probably figured that out. Luke chapter 2, and we're Verse verse 46, after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Twelve-year-old kid got all, you know, if he's he's answering, they're asking questions. And they were astonished, and I think a lot of people were. And when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You know, every, every probably every parent, maybe you can't. I, I can name two times I lost my, I lost each of my boys. One was in Dayland, turned around, he was gone, ran up to one of the side, it's the first mall in the country, I think. But anyway, ran up one of the, Got up, saw a security guard, said, I've lost my son. And he got on the walkie-talkie, and it seemed almost like instantly, said, we got him. And uh, when he got back to me, um, I remember all I could say to the guard that brought him was, thank you, that's all I could say. I couldn't say anything else without bursting into tears. I was so scared. But... um, he, and they told me that he was all the way on the other side. Of the, he must have been running through that mall. Uh, we're talking a, a, a quarter mile anyway, probably more like half a mile through Dayland Mall, east and west. Anyway, um, but another time I took him to a baseball, he was a baseball uh, player, and I took him to Glades Baseball Field, and I drove my motorcycle home um, my wife and I took two different cars that day for some reason. I think I was just getting back because my, my, my sister and brother-in-law were coming into town and I wanted to be here to open the door for them. And so I drove, I left them at the baseball and then Barb got to the baseball field uh, and said, called me on the phone back when we didn't have cell phones and she said, uh, he's not here. And... I told my brother and sister-in-law, my sister and brother-in-law, you just stay by the phone. I'm going to look for my son, John. So I got on a motorcycle. I broke every law I could break. And I thought, I'm not going to the baseball field because Barb's already been there. So I'm going to go to my my friend's house that had a son on the team. But I'm terrible with directions, and I'd only been there a couple times. And I'm just praying, God, lead me to this. And I, I just... I made all the turns. I pulled up in the driveway, and there he was shooting baskets with his little nine-year-old friend. 
And uh, he said, Dad, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great, John. Let's go home. So uh, I had a helmet for him, and uh, we rode home. Uh, but I, I can imagine, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Uh, and again, I, I, I just got to say, Joseph wisely didn't say anything because every time for 12 years he'd corrected his son, uh, he was wrong. So I guess he'd learn. And he said, and Jesus said unto his parents, How is it that you sought me? Know ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And that brings us to today's episode in the life of Christ, episode 19 of 184 episodes, uh, season 2, episode 19, based on A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, which if you're listening to these, I will now pronounce you a student of the life of Christ. Uh, copyright 1922, C.I. Schofield's, the Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909, and the King James Version of the Bible, published in 1611. And this is chapter 19, 18 years at Nazareth. So, okay, so he was 12 years old when we had that little uh, couple of verses in Luke chapter 2. And that covered uh, from basically the time they got there after he was born and after they got back from Egypt until he was 12 years old. Now we're going to go 18 years from, from, from 12 to 30 to uh, 30 years old when he started his public ministry. 18 years at Nazareth, probably 87 to 8026. And again, gotta love A.T. Robertson's probably because usher dating system nobody knows for sure. Uh, you can't, you know, take it to the bank. Luke chapter two, verses 51 and 52. So we only have two verses here. And he went down with them. Jesus went down with them. Uh, again, you go down to Nazareth from Jerusalem. And they finished their, I would guess, five-day journey. But they were one day into it. Well, they had to, five days now because they had to go back. But anyway, subject to them. He was subject to them, you know, obedient to them, as he should be. Honor your mother and father. Uh, number five, commandment number five. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and man. So that's what he did for the next 18 years. He, uh, he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That, that sounds a pretty smart way to go. Favor of God and man. Most importantly, God, but do one, but don't leave the other undone. Okay, I just, uh, A.T. Robinson put a footnote here, uh, uh, a cross-reference to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse uh, 26. Samuel grew in favor with both the Lord and with men. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, and the child Samuel, read the book of First and Second Samuel. I mean, it's, you got David and Goliath, you got everything, and you got Samuel, Samuel and his mother uh, Hannah. And it's just the most greatest story ever. 
and uh, most greatest, sorry about that. And the child, uh, the child Samuel grew on after he was left. Hannah said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And so he, she gave him back to the high priest, Eli, who was not very effective with his own children, but was in favor, but Samuel grew up straight. Uh, but was in favor both she visited him every year and brought him a new jacket but and she was in and he was in favor both with the Lord and also with men uh, and then I just got one cross reference here first Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 3 again read first Samuel Samuel learned his parenting from Eli not from Hannah uh, and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he was made that he made his sons judges over Israel. Uh, that's called paternalism. Probably not the best way to go. You might want to have a civil service exam, something. I mean, God chose Samuel, uh, but uh, anyway, this turned out to be a mistake. Verse two of First Samuel chapter eight. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, one of the many towns of Judea, the hills of Judea. Verse 3, And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after money, lucre, filthy lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Not good judges. Psalm 127.4 says the arrows are in the hand as as arrows so this is a simile using like or as comparing arrows to children as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the young of your youth of one's youth and so you can, you know, mighty men hit the target with their arrows. But that's not a definite guarantee here because look at it. I mean, Samuel's children uh, went astray and they definitely had a good example of, and maybe Eli was a good man too, I'm not sure. But uh, his kids, kids definitely were not as, as priests. They, they were not judges, they were priests. But anyway, um, they lost the Ark of the Covenant that David had to recover to the Philistines. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The soul that sins, it shall die. Uh, we're all going to die. But uh, the soul that sins, it shall die. The, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall their father bear the iniquity of the son. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. I, I think that's a little bit comforting to people whose either parents or children didn't do what's right. The righteousness of the righteous shall be on him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be on him. So if you do what's right, it's on you. If you do what's wrong, it's on you. 
and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what, We all need a Savior. Whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. James chapter 2, verse 10. Good verse to memorize. James 2.10. Whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Alright, well that brings us to the end of chap, uh, episode 19 and my few comments on it. And uh, I will say adios which is to God, and I will say, via con Dios, go with God.